beautiful uh, story and beautiful ministry. Thank you guys so much for sharing that. And um, just so neat how God works in those ways of connection and ministry and um, bringing you here. Uh, we thought that fit in well with our gifted series. We've been talking about uh, the spiritual gifts that God gives and, and how he uniquely gifts each and every one of us, right? doesn't matter who we are or what our background is, that he said he's got gifts, he's got work uh, that he is doing. He is restoring this world one life at a time. And he gifts us to be a part of that restoration work. I was thinking about spiritual gifts, especially the more manifestational gifts, and I realized that to a certain degree, I've been pursuing those um, my entire Christian life. I would say that I was really started walking with the Lord uh, to a certain degree in high school, and from that time, been thinking and wrestling and and praying about those spiritual gifts. And as I was doing that, especially in the beginning, oftentimes I would hit Christians and leaders with a high degree of resistance to spiritual gifts, especially the gifts of the Holy Spirit. This, this, um, this significant or heavy resistance oftentimes was theological. I, I found out that there were some folks that believed that a number of the gifts have ceased. It's called cessationism. And so I had to pull back and, and wrestle and look at the scriptures and say, is that what the scripture teaches? Some were heavily resistant because of experience they had in the name of the spirit or in the name of Pentecostalism or charismaticism. Um, they were hurt and they were wounded. So they had this high degree of resistance. As I looked at Scripture and, and, and talked to leaders and, and mentors and wrestled with that, I, I began to realize and believe wholeheartedly that Scripture indeed does not teach that gifts have ceased today. And I would say and argue that it's relatively clear that it does not. I know there's some Christian leaders that would argue with me um, uh, scripturally. And I would say for much of the church, they've moved from a resistance and then maybe some skepticism. And now many churches, there's an openness to the ministry of the Holy Spirit and some of those manifestational gifts. And, and for a number of friends and churches, I'm so thankful that they're at that place of openness. But I want to invite you, and I don't, believe that's enough. I think he's inviting us to be more than simply open to the gifts of the Spirit. In fact, I was reading um, in my journey, I was reading one leader, uh, pastor, and professor, and he was saying, boy, there's this one commitment that really changed my faith. I decided to take one particular scripture at face value. You know how that can happen sometimes? You take that scripture. And in fact, that scripture, uh, that one verse is in 1 Corinthians 14, and it's in verse 1. We're going to read a little bit later, but in verse 1, it says this, 
follow the way, this is the Apostle Paul. I think we have uh, verse 1 up there, Irene. It says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. And this leader was reading and he said, what if I wasn't just open to the gifts, but I eagerly desired the gifts? That's actually one word, and the NIV translates it, eagerly desire. That, that one word is um, zelo, which is the root word for zealous. Right? This idea that to burn with desire, to pursue ardently or intensely. Right? And this leader said, what if I actually followed this from Paul and in love, especially gifts, what Paul is saying, that bless the whole body, I would eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. What would it look like for our congregation to move from a place of openness to a place of eagerly desiring the spiritual gifts? I think there'd be a couple of steps in that. One is I think that we'd have to be committed to discovering what those spiritual gifts that God has given us. And I want to encourage you, if you can't identify any of that, a top gift that God has given you, a spiritual gift, not a talent or a skill, but a spiritual gift, would you be willing to eagerly desire discovering, eagerly discover that spiritual gift? Um, I, there's a number of ways to do that. We, we've looked at Ephesians 4. Um, we've looked at 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12. Those are the three passages that really have the most of the passage uh, of the gifts of the Spirit. What if you started talking to friends and family, members of your small group or KLC, and started saying, what, what do you think the gifts that God has given me Maybe it's a discovery process. Maybe you're not sure. How powerful would it be if we were a congregation that were committed to seeking those gifts? I think that's first step. A second step is this, is what if we started to actually practice those gifts, to live those gifts out? Now, you might respond, hey, I'm kind of new to this especially with those manifestational, I, I'm concerned that I'll make mistakes. My response would be, in humility, let's make some mistakes. Let's give it a shot. Let's try it. Let, let's, let's miss it, right? Sometimes, if we do that in humility, if we do, if we bring a willingness to make some mistakes and be corrected and say, hey, yeah, that was kind of a, I missed it in that way, then I believe the Lord will start to grant more and more of his gifts as we use them, as we discover them, as we process them. You see, the spiritual gifts are meant to be used, and, and Paul recognizes that we're going to miss it sometimes. In fact, we're going to read 1 Corinthians 14, and all of chapter 14 is about the Corinthian church missing it and making mistakes. 
And for our benefit, he tries to rein them in. And he says, listen, I'm going to give you. Now, notice, he doesn't do this. He doesn't shut down the spiritual gifts. He doesn't say to the church of Corinth, man, you guys are horrible. Stop it. Just, just read scripture and sing, okay? Just, just leave it at that, right? I wonder if Paul was tempted, right? I know that there were some in the Corinthian church, they were like that. They're like, you know what? This is getting way out of hand. Paul, can you rein it in? Can you just tell them to stop? And Paul says, no, I'm not going to do that. But what I'm going to encourage you to do, eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. Do it in love and humility. But follow these important guidelines. These guidelines will help you live these spiritual gifts well. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. We're going to look at some guidelines. And I want you to pay attention. I'm only going to read starting at verse 26 through 33. All right. He was addressing especially the gift of tongues. They were not using that wisely. Um, that that's not really our pressing issue. Our pressing issue is probably we don't use the spiritual gifts enough or talk about it enough. But starting at verse 26, he's going to give some important guidelines that will help us as we press into using the spiritual gifts. So we're going to read that. And I want you to pay attention to the motivation or the intent that should be behind our spiritual gift usage. How we receive people ministering spiritual gifts or reception. I want you to think a little bit as I read these verses about stewardship. How do we uh, rightly use the usage of these spiritual gifts? And then something I'm calling tone or tenor or the manner in which we use them. Or I guess you could say result. Okay, so 1 Corinthians 14, he spends a lot of time talking about how Praying in tongues, that gift is really a gift that is a blessing between you and God. And yet, in particular, prophecy and all the other gifts is a blessing to the community. All right, works through that. And then he gets to verse 26 and he says, What then shall we say, brothers and sisters? Now he's going to give some counsel specifically in their worship services that were going a little bit chaotic and disorderly. He says, when you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. We've talked about these gifts in 1 Corinthians 12. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two or at the most three should speak one at a time, and someone must interpret. If there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and to God, because right? tongues is really about you and the Lord. Two or three prophets should speak, and others should weigh carefully what is said. And if a revelation comes to someone who is sitting down, the first speaker should stop, for you can all prophesy in turn so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. Verse 32, the spirits of the prophets are subject to the control of the prophets. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. And in 
as in all the congregations of the Lord's people. All right. These verses can be a little bit confusing because the context of 1 Corinthians is so different than our context, but we're going to talk about, I think these important guidelines still apply to us in really important ways. Here's the first way I want to talk about is this idea of purpose or intent or motivation. What Paul is saying is he's saying, use your gift with the intent or the purpose of building others up, of blessing the community, of encouraging others. Look at the very end of verse 26. He says, everything must be done so the church may be built up. In other words, he's saying, Corinthians and SCC, your spiritual gift is not really about you. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not about you. It's not about you. Your spiritual gift is not about you. What the Corinthians were doing is is they were experiencing in a very self-centered way, in a self-serving way. And they were becoming um, overly prideful in their faith and their life because they had these gifts of the Spirit, especially tongues. And what was happening is there was not only disorder, but also others were feeling like second-class Christians. And Paul is saying, you're missing the whole intent and idea of why Jesus gives the gifts to his church. Because he wants to bless the whole community, not the individual. Think of the word built up or edification. The idea is that we're using these gifts to help others grow in Christian wisdom, piety, happiness, and holiness. It's a focus of blessing others and encouraging others in their faith. By the way, this was specifically in the worship service, but I believe that the the spiritual gifts are meant to be lived in all different aspects of life. If Jesus is our model of everything, including spiritual gifts, you realize as you read his life, the primary ways or, or places that he used the spiritual gifts was not in the synagogue was not in the worship service. It was in the day-to-day. It was in the ministry to the people. It was in the teaching and the healing. And all of that, there was was this aspect. So I'm I'm talking about the spiritual gifts. Think about when he meets the woman at the well, like right in there every day. He uses things like words of knowledge and evangelism to minister to the woman. Think about when he's debating the religious leaders. He's using wisdom, word of wisdom, discernment. He's using these spiritual gifts in the everyday. So I want you to think about this idea of of your spiritual gifts and the ways in which you can use them. And this motivation that we have is the blessing of others, encouraging them in their faith. In fact, earlier in the chapter, Paul says this, that's related to motivation and purpose. He says specifically about prophecy. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. We often think of prophets with spoken in harsh tones, right? And talking about impending doom, and they're always a little weird, 
right? I, I think sometimes we get that from the Old Testament because they were a little weird in the Old Testament, right? And oftentimes doom was coming, but Paul is reshaping prophecy in the New Testament. He says, no, 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 I want you to understand what God is doing today in our day and age, the purpose, the why Jesus is gifting you and I with, with words of prophecy or knowledge or wisdom is for the strengthening and encouraging and the comfort of his people. If you are exercising a gift and you're not seeing that fruit, humbly pull back and go, okay, I might not be using the spiritual gift with the right motivation. And in fact, if I think of this as motivation, this creates a greater desire for me to operate in the prophetic or to use words of knowledge or wisdom if I'm going to be used by God to strengthen and encourage and to comfort. I want to give you an example just from this past week. This past week, one of our congregational members texted me and said, hey, there's a, there's a young mom who's pregnant and um, there's some potential complications with uh, the pregnancy. Um, and so a couple of us are going to pray. They're part of KLC. And uh, so I said, great, we'll, we'll meet there. And so uh, Robert and, and Josh and myself, we met this young woman and she shared. And I was so blessed, primarily from the other two that were there just out of love and encouragement and compassion for this young mom as well as in conviction that God could do a real thing and touch this pregnancy and bless this pregnancy. So the four of us in her living room, well, there was five of us, a little, little girl was jumping around, and we prayed, and the three of us did our best to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. So there was, there was faith going on, there was a gift of prayer and deliverance. There was words of wisdom, uh, uh, words of knowledge that were happening for this young mother. And it was beautiful to see the spiritual gifts at work in an everyday situation. I had planned to pray, uh, uh, share this story just because the moment was so good, I was going to share it with you. And then I got a text later from the dad that said, we saw the doctor. It's a healthy pregnancy. We're rocking and rolling, right? Right? So that's awesome. But I don't want you to miss the, the first context of just, it was the body of Christ strengthening, encouraging, and comforting another member of the body of Christ. The purpose, motivation of the spiritual gifts. A second important guideline is this, is reception. Look at verse 29. In fact, I'll read it with you. It says, two or three prophets should speak and the others, i.e. the rest of the congregation, should weigh carefully, weigh carefully what is said. That, that word weigh, that, that the NIV translates weigh carefully means this. So if there's a prophetic word or a word of knowledge, you judge, you discriminate, 
and you discern everything. It means that when we invite people and people share this, we are to test, to weigh, to discern if that is from God or not. The, the, the Christians in Thessalonica, they were also wrestling with the gifts of the Spirit. And listen to what Paul says. Do not quench the Spirit. Probably they were having some bad experiences with the gifts of the Spirit, and some within the church of Thessalonica wanted to say, let's shut it down. Paul says, no, no, no. Do not quench the Spirit or treat prophecies with contempt. There goes Kurt again. Jeez. Oh, All right? Don't do that. He's saying, um, but test them all, hold on to the good, and reject every kind of evil, right? So he, there's an invitation. He says, don't shut it down. Don't dismiss it. But, but when you receive a word, when there's an impression that's given, would you test it? Would you hold on to it? If I can return to the prayer time with the young mom, right? There's a couple of different words of knowledge that were given, but they were given in such a way that said, hey, this was an impression I got, and I might be wrong. That freed up the young mother to say, actually, about one of the words of knowledge, she's like, you know, that doesn't really resonate with me. That was okay, and we just continued on. There was other words that she said, yes, that does resonate, and so we use that to pray more for her what the Spirit was speaking in that way. You see, but it was given, not in such a way, you know what, the Lord told me this, and if you don't get it, then you're missing it, right? It, it, was, bringing, it was bringing an invitation. It was given with this invitation in humility that we're all praying, that we're all human, that we all miss it sometimes. I miss it sometimes, but I think that this is from the Lord. Would you weigh and wrestle with this? The third guideline is this, is the stewardship of our gifts. Look at verse 32. The spirit of the prophets are subject to the control of the prophets. What is Paul saying there? I'll read that again. The spirit of the prophets are subject to the control of the prophets. He's saying, though this is a supernatural experience, though this is the gifts of the Spirit, we have a role to play. We are in control of what's happening. We don't get to say, hey, listen, I hate to tell you this, but don't shoot the, the, the messenger, but God said this. No. No, when we're operating, especially in the manifestational gifts, we're learning to say, Lord, I'm going to test it first. Is this from you or is it from me? Am I off in some way, shape, or form? You know, the Old Testament is littered with prophets that were off. 
I could have read many scripture. This is just one from Jeremiah. The Lord said through Jeremiah, the prophets are prophesying lies in my name. I have not sent them or appointed them or spoken to them. They are prophesying to you false visions, divinations, idolatries, and delusions of their own minds. Oftentimes in Jeremiah's day, they were saying, peace, peace, peace. And Jeremiah is saying, no, that is not what the Lord is saying. So I think in this message, there's both um, a giving and a receiving is that when we give, we say, Lord, is this stirring, is this impression, is this idea from you? Or is it not? I recognize that there are times that I'm going to miss it and be off. You know, we've been doing these upper room sessions, or as Natalie calls them, the Holy Spirit nights on Tuesday nights, right? We've had a couple of them. And, um, and I was, uh, I think I was tuning my guitar in the first session, right? So I was tuning my guitar, and people were, were walking in, and uh, there was a KLC that primarily came. And as people were walking in, I had an impression on my heart and soul. I felt like we were supposed to that night pray for two people. And if I'm honest, I was like, oh, I don't want to call them out on like the first night of our upper room, God. Are you sure, you know? And, and so they came in, and what I decided to do is I was just going to let, we're, we're going to, the idea is that we don't have an agenda. We're just letting the Holy Spirit have the agenda. We worship will allow for any of the gifts of the Spirit in that corporate worship setting. And so as we, as we worshiped, I just said, Lord, if that's from you, would you confirm it? If it's not from me, if it's not from you and it's just from me, then would you provide a different agenda for the night? I just held on to it. I was discerning it, right? The, the prophecy is subject to the control. And then as, the, as the, the night went on, as we worshiped, as we, we heard a prophetic word, and then I felt like the Spirit was saying, no, I, it's especially for those two young men that I, I want you all to pray for. And so we prayed, and then it broke into praying for one another. It was a beautiful, rich time, right? As far as I could tell, those young men were not uh, embarrassed. They said, well, we'll take prayer when we can get it. There were particular needs. I don't know what those needs were. But, in there, but this idea of we have a role to play. We can say, you know what, I think that's, that's more about me. That's more about my wants and desires, less about what the Spirit is doing. And here's the, the, the final, the tone of this. Look at verse 33 says, um, for God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the congregations of the Lord's people. In other words, what he's saying, that we share these gifts not in confusion, not in a disorderly way, but in a way that is consistent with the character of God. 
That's a pretty significant thing, right? Now, we know, look at uh, Romans 15.33, the God of peace be with you all, right? He is a God of peace. Central to the character of God the Father is peace. Now, apply that to spiritual gifts. He's saying you live the spiritual gifts in such a way that is consistent with the character of God. And if you're beginning to live it in such a way that is inconsistent with God, that does not resonate with the Scripture, don't do that. Stop. Learn to do it as flowing from who God is. I want to suggest that the enemy of our souls, the devil, he has done a real number on the church. He, when the church has started to press into things of the Spirit, at least the history, oftentimes, he brings chaos. He brings disorder. He brings unbiblical things. And the churches are not following what I would say these clear guidelines from Paul to how to live it well. I, I'm, I'm sad to, to tell the story. I'm going to just tell it really shortly, but I had a good friend. I'm going to change some of the dynamics, but he lives out of state and, and so forth. He was really gifted prophetically, and God was really using him in significant ways, both in our church and in our denomination. And then what began to creep in was a loss of humility, a loss of some of the, the guidelines that we're talking about, some, um, some precautions, I would say. And the enemy began to slowly move him to this place of a little bit of pride and arrogance. And when the body of Christ tried to call out, including me, some of those missteps. He, he moved on. And really that led to a great crash. And if I'm honest, I, I was so hurt by this friend of mine. I was so discouraged. I was tempted to say, maybe I'll just preach. Maybe I'll just teach. Maybe I'll just have a nice church <laughs> with nice singing and, and, and good, right? And yet, there's this beauty and this fullness. When Jesus is blessing a congregation or people with these gifts, there is this fullness of life. There's there's this beauty of God at work. There's this, you know, again, back to the young mother to see, even before we knew any of the, the prayers were answered and the positive like that, there was this, this presence and power of the Lord in our midst. You could say it was like the kingdom of heaven was touching earth in that time. I was saying, I, I want to... Stay with that 1 Corinthians 14, 1. I, I, I don't want to become skeptical. I don't want to dismiss. I don't want to treat prophecies with contempt. I want to continue 
to eagerly desire in love with humility the gifts of the Spirit. And I want to pastor a church that is eagerly desiring the gifts of the Spirit. Even though we're going to make mistakes, even though we're going to miss sometimes, even though we're going to need to correct from time to time, I believe wholeheartedly that the Spirit is saying it's part of what I've called my community of children to live in. That there's a, there's a some call it a natural, natural, supernatural faith. That sounds odd, but right? Naturally, we're living in the presence and the power of the Spirit. That, that maybe it, it looks a little bit different. Maybe we don't understand fully what's happening. Maybe that, that tongues thing or the words of knowledge is not fully, I can't wrap my mind around it, but I'm doing it in love. But I'm seeing God work. But there's this beauty in the body of Christ that's bringing heaven to earth. And I would say it's worth it. So Paul ends the chapter with kind of a summation verses. 1 Corinthians 14, 39 and 40, he says this. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, be eager. There it is again. Be eager to prophesy. Do not forbid speaking in tongues. But everything should be done in a fitting, that word means decently, respectfully, in orderly ways. Would we be able to do that? Could we bring an eagerness to the gifts of the Spirit, realizing that it might be a little bit different than our background spiritually, realizing that it it might cause us to to take a risk from time to time, realizing that we might, since we don't understand it all, we, we might get it wrong, but if we do it in love, if we do it in humility, then I believe wholeheartedly that God will bless this community of faith with greater and greater gifts of the Spirit. Greater fullness of the Christian faith. I want to invite the the worship team forward. And I want you to think about this. I want you to think about this idea that there's something supernatural happening when we're worshiping together. That, that there, it's more than just a group of people singing or listening to the sermon, but there's this idea that the actual spirit of the living God is filling us in that moment. And what what the Lord says in 1 Corinthians 12 is that the Spirit determines 
the gifts that we're given. Right? That, we, that in the midst of our lives and our worship, he says, you know what? I'm going to bless Kendra with this gift of encouragement. Right? He, he, he just gives those gifts in that moment. And so by way of discovery, I just want us to be open to any of those gifts that God would want to give in the moment as we pray. Can we, uh, are we going to do the, that's all. All right. So let's pray together. So Lord, I thank you for the richness of your presence in our service today. Lord, I thank you for your presence in the midst of the the songs that we sang. You touched our spirits, our minds, our hearts. Lord, thank you for your presence in communion. When the Simones share their ministry, Lord, just to, to feel your presence through them and in them was such a beautiful thing. And Lord, when your word is opened and shared, you you speak to us. So Lord, as we worship and sing, I would encourage you, if you just let let the worship team sing, if you want to just let them kind of sing and you just listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit. Are there any gifts that he wants to give? Anything he wants to say to you? Any ways in which he wants to move? Would you just receive from him in this final 